Good morning, church. Please join us as we come together and we're going to worship God through song. Please stand with me for you. Good morning, EBC. Good morning, EBC. Welcome online. Welcome online. We're going to just do announcements together. We're going to do announcements together. I am so glad everybody is awake today. Me too. <laughs> that was very good. All right. Today, 11-5, right after church, Sunday church council meeting followed services. Okay. How about church council meeting after the service? Church council meeting after the service. We are living for Christ in a culture that doesn't, led by Randy Dar in the chapel tonight at 6. Randy Dar, chapel 6. Check. <laughs> She's so awesome. All right. 11-7 Tuesday, women on mission at 2 p.m. Women, 2 p.m. 
And I'm going to throw in a little side note. I'm going to be there just to talk a little bit about the homeless population in Carlinville. 11-8 prayer and share night with Charlie Baker. He's leading. Charlie Baker is awesome. (laughs) 11-7 through the 9th. Tuesday through Thursday, Pastor Conference IBA Annual Meeting in Marion. I think Pastor Cliff's going to be there. Yes, he is. 11-9, this Thursday is Quilt Group at 10. That will keep you warm. Quilt Group at 10. 11-12, Sunday is Operation Christmas Child Boxes due. Get those in. Get them in. All right. Steve Harding, if you could please come up and lead us in prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come together in your house, Lord. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity you've given us to have fun, Lord, as we're going about our day, and the opportunity to share with various people that we come in contact with, Lord. Now, Lord, we've seen all the announcements that are made and all the opportunities we have to serve, Lord. Just lay upon our hearts the areas that you would have us to serve. And Lord, just give us these opportunities and continue the director's steps. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Please stand with me once again as we continue to worship through song. Come now, fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never cease. Cause for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, some bright flaming tongues of all. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. I was lost in utter darkness till you came rescued me I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free now my soul can sing a new song now my heart has found a home now your grace is always with me and I'll never be alone come thou found come thou keep Oh, to grace, how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy goodness like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing, come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Come thou fount of our blessing.
as you sang that song, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, I don't know what you're visualizing in your head, but your sin and the enemy intended for those chains never, ever to be broken. Only the blood of Jesus could break those chains. Only the power of Christ. You could tug at them and, and tug at them and tug at them. You're not going to get free of those chains. And it's by the grace of Jesus Christ that I stand here. You sang that song, I've Been Set Free Only by Him. We're going to be in 2 Timothy today. 2 Timothy, this is part two of the Timothy series. Uh, we did part one back in 2018 or something like that. So um, I watched, I watched um, Mission Impossible last night, only to find out it was part one. And in about five years, they'll put out part two, right? They want more of my, they want more of my money. But anyway, uh, here we are in 2 Timothy. We'll cover the part of that. So I brought, uh, I brought this with me today. My wife saw it for the very first time, Lisa saw it for the very first time, and looked at me quizzically. It is an old can of wax, okay, paste wax, back in the day. This is how you wax the car. This happens to be Mother's California Gold, cleaner than wax. Uh, it's empty, well, it's not empty. It's got all the things that apparently I thought were wonderful at one time. It has inside, this is a side note, it has the knob that you used to pull on a scout to pop the hood. It doesn't work, okay, but I've got one just because I have one and a couple pennies in there and, and I, I wrapped it in so it wouldn't rattle. But anyway, let's go back to the paste wax. Why do I have a can of paste wax? I had this conversation with Drew, my friend Drew up at IBSA this last week, and we were talking about that. Do you remember when, because kids today don't care about their cars, okay? You know, honestly, when's the last time you saw a kid wax a car? Think about it, all right? Yeah, maybe some of you have seen that. But you remember, guys, remember waxing the car, getting it all shined up, putting that paste wax on there? My roommate. Back in college, we decided to wax my car. He said, I said, did you help me wax the car? And he said, yeah, only if I get a wipe it off. All right? I mean, what he wanted, I had to put the wax on and then the, let it dry to that, that white haze, right? You let it dry to that white haze, and then you would wipe it off. And he wanted that because he wanted, he wanted to look at himself in the car. Okay, that's yeah, just a little vanity thing, right? And, and Brian, if you heard that, that's, that's what he was doing. He was wiping that off so he could see. But that's what we did. You'd get an old car and you'd put a new coat of, you'd put a coat of wax on it and it looked, it looked dramatically, if you had one of those red oxidizing cars, wax job for that just dramatically changed how it worked, all right? That's what we're going to be talking about is getting the shine back. Matter of fact, here's a picture. Um, I, this is Alicia's car. I did this Friday afternoon, had a little bit of time, it was nice enough that I could, I could get my motorcycle clean, and I thought I would shine up her car. That one picture, is, that's the reflection on the hood. She could care less, okay? <laughs> but I care, okay? So it's all waxed up, and that's what I want to talk about is, is getting the shine back. And, and that's what Paul talks to Timothy about. Timothy is his apprentice, okay? Timothy is the, what we would call the apprentice, and you know... Paul had mentored him and poured into him. He'd traveled with Paul. Uh, Paul left him at Ephesus, and that's probably where he's at now. He's at Ephesus as Paul writes to him. He's in jail as Paul writes to him. Uh, he's trying to help him and encourage him, him as, he, as he helps that church stay on the right track. That's what he's trying to do, stay on the right track. As I sat here and we were singing, you know, we, we, call, we call Timothy the apprentice. But if you've read Paul's letters, if you've journeyed through the book of Acts, you're an apprentice too, okay? You have essentially been mentored by Paul. I don't, you think that sounds pretty cool. Well, it is, right? Because Paul poured in there. And what Paul is doing right now is he's passing the baton. I didn't bring that. I have a baton. But he's passing the baton. He's passing the torch on. He knows, Paul knows that the end is near. He's now in Rome, and he's in jail is what I understand. And, and so he's not going to be doing this, and he wants to pass the torch. Here's what happens too often. We build a legacy, and when we're gone, we want somebody to build us a statue. Paul didn't want a statue. Paul wanted the work 
to continue. It wasn't ever about Paul. It's about the gospel. So as we, as we go on and as we here at Emmanuel Baptist Church carry on the work of the gospel, of sharing the gospel with the community around us, outside of these walls, etc., as we do this, you know, these Christmas boxes, these OCC boxes that we're putting together, Operation Christmas Child boxes, inside of there, they're gonna, when they get shipped over to Africa or, or South America, wherever they're going to, Asia someplace, they're going to gather those kids together, and that stuff that you put in, the kids are going to smile about, and they're going to pour over and be grateful for. But as they get that stuff, they're going to be, the gospel is going to be shared with them. They're going to have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So they're going to have that opportunity. So that box you're packing with the really cool stuff that you think that little boy or that little girl is going to like, they're going to like, but it's going to be that that's going to give them an opportunity here the gospel. And so as we talk about the gospel work, doing that box is part of that. Sharing the gospel with somebody, one of your loved ones, or your neighbor, or your co-worker. Praying for them as we walk through the, the, the 30 days of prayer for who's your one. And they got books at the end. If you want to start that, you can do that. But here's the deal. Paul passed the baton on to Timothy. Timothy passed the baton on to somebody else and somebody else. And that baton that you picked up, it's got Paul's fingerprints on it. Think about that. Okay, that's how when we connect with this scripture, right? We're going to read in 1 Timothy here, or 2 Timothy, excuse me. We read in the first chapter. I want you to understand this isn't, about, isn't all about Timothy. It's about us. How do we connect with this scripture? This is a personal letter written to a guy that we don't know. Right? It's kind of how it is. And so, but, but this is not a letter that doesn't mean something to us. It's not a historical thing. It's something that applies to us today. So let's begin here in chapter, in chapter 1, verse 1. Okay? Paul, got it with the letter, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your, gra and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that, is in, that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline." Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity." But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Beautiful passage of Scripture. I'm sure that you recognize, if you've been a student of the Bible, you recognize, I believe, the seventh verse where we've not been given the spirit of fear and of timidity. And that twelfth verse where you, what has been promised, what is promised and trusted, he's able to keep. Okay, I didn't say that exactly right, but you got it. You, you recognize those verses. I want to talk to you about the first thing that he said. 
And we're talking about the heritage that Timothy had, okay? Uh, he was mindful of the sincere faith in you. That started out earlier in that chapter. Mindful of the sincere faith in you. He has, Timothy has a legacy of faith. I don't know how long it is, but he has a legacy. Because Paul mentions that his grandmother and his mother both are Christians. Love that, right? I mean, that, that establishes that the, there's, there's heritage there going on. There's a lineage there. Now, here's the thing I want us to keep track of, though, is because your mother and your grandmother are Christians doesn't make you a Christian. Right? You could have 40 grandmothers. 40, add the greats, okay? All right? And get back there. And they could all be Christians. Doesn't make you a Christian because what has to happen? You have to make a personal decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus so that you might have that eternal life that Paul so, so well talked about here in these verses. Now here's the thing. When, when I look at, th this is, this is that, that beautiful part. We start. You have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have that faith story. That's what he's saying to Timothy is you have that story. I what I want to ask you because, again, Timothy's gone. But here's what I want to draw us into. What is your faith story? Okay. If I were to ask you last weekend, last Saturday we did Ray's funeral, and I got to read Ray's testimony standing here. And it was one that he had written out. And, and in my desk drawer is probably one, it's that one or one very similar to that. Because he, I asked a long time ago for people to write out their testimony, and many of you did. And, and as, I, as I say that, as we look at what, the, what Paul writes to Timothy, it is that very same question. What is, what is your faith story? Because we can't get to the rest of it. You can't share your story if you don't have a story. You can't invite somebody to experience eternal life if you really haven't experienced it before, right? So, so that's, that's where we need to begin at. And I'm asking that question. If I were to ask you to write out your faith story, Ardo, come up here, and, and Emmy could help repeat what you said, okay? And, and share your faith story. What would it sound like? Would Emmy have anything to say? You know, I can tell you my story. I sat on the porch steps over on Edward Street, and, and my, my, my then-girlfriend, you know, had a, had a heart. She came back from some, some retreat they had. And I'd been going to church for a long, long time. But I didn't know Jesus. And she knew it, and so did Grandma and Mom, you know, that legacy of faith that she had. And on that night, on a Saturday night, I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Right? That's my, I can, I can elaborate because I can tell a long story, okay? But I'll leave it with that. What's your faith story? I guess just an elevator ride story right there you got, okay? On that porch that night, I accepted Jesus Christ. And I have, since that time, knowing that I have a place in heaven, knowing that I don't deserve it, still don't. But it's there because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, now that we've established that, that he points out his, his faith story, and he knows that he has a faith story, he goes on to say, let's kindle afresh, okay? Kindle afresh. That's the paste wax thing, okay? We want to, we want to, we want to bring the shine back. We want to bring the shine back. Because here's the thing. See if you can identify with this. Are there times in your life when the shine of your Christianity, the shine of your relationship with Jesus Christ has not been, it's not been so shiny that you could see your reflection in it? it it's been covered by uh, the salt that they're putting on the bridge. It's been covered by the, the, the mud. It's been covered by the dust. It's been neglected. It, it, just, it just looks okay, right? That, that kindle afresh, when you look at the other translations, it's the idea of reigniting. We just had a bonfire over here. As a matter of fact, it burned longer than it was supposed to, but, but that's okay. 
Um, <laughs> they didn't arrest us, okay? But uh, it was nice of them, right? But, but we, had, we, had that, we had burning in, the, in there. There were still the, 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 the logs that got put in there. Now, when we come in the next day, they're not burning brightly. Not at all. But there's still, there's still heat there. There's still a fire underneath the charred outsides of this log. If we worked with it, I believe Charlie did, okay? If you work with it, what happens? You start moving it around, feeding a little bit, blowing a little air on it, then it reignites. Then what was just heat without a flame, now has a flame. That's what it means, fan in the flames. That's the idea, the, the, the uh, kindle the fresh is to fan the flames, to stir it up. So that's my question to you and I. As we sit here and, man, old Timothy, he, he, needed, he, needed, to, he needed to tune up, didn't he? He, need, he needed to go to the detail shop and get a little shine there. He needed somebody to come along and put a little air on that fire and get it started again because it's died down. Now, why does it die down? Sometimes we get, we get feeling of defeated which our enemy gives to us, right? I mean, what's our enemy want us to do? He, he honestly wants us to walk around like Christ, we got Christ in our life, but we look like the four-wheeler that probably got stuck. Okay? It's, got, it's just all covered, right? There's no shine left. You can't see. You can't even see what color it is, right? So, so he, that log, it's not, it's not even looking like it's got heat in it, but it's there. That's what Satan wants. And so we get worn down. Burnt out. That's a term that they use with pastors now, but we all experience that burnout where we're just again and again, it's just like, I need to sit down and, and stop. And, 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 and then we become ineffective because that's where we're, we're just sitting and, and we're sitting on the sideline. That's exactly what the enemy wants to happen to our lives. He wants us to, to pull up camp, pull up shop and just stop. Pull up, stop. Or we chase after something else. I mean, life happens, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, the thing that we were, the, the thing that we were serving Jesus, but all of a sudden, something else. My job, my kids, my, my work, my, you know, on down the list. There's any number of things. Collecting pennies could all of a sudden take a priority over serving Jesus. I just want, I want you to think about that, right? That's where we sit. And what he's saying is we need to kindle afresh. How do we fan that flame? How do we stir that back up, that passion that we had? Remember when you were a, first, you were a Christian, the very first, right? You, you went and told everybody whether they wanted here or not, right? I'm getting, I'm getting baptized. I got saved. You got what? You know, your co-workers are looking at you, they don't go to church, and then you go, I got saved. <laughs> From what? From sin. You know, and, and then you had those old, but you, but you weren't afraid to tell the story. You didn't know any better. Right? You just told the story. Now, where were you Sunday? Well, uh, in the afternoon. You know, we, we kind of forget where we were at in the morning. And, and we, we need to have that first love again. Right? Because it fades. And that's what Paul's dealing with. And, and it's not just Timothy, it's, it's me, it's you guys. Right? We need, the, we need to have that passion for what Jesus did for us. It's an eternal thing. We're going to be excited about it when he comes back or we go. We're going to be excited about what Jesus did for us for all of eternity. We could start now. Think about that. So Paul asked Timothy, <laughs> I love this. Hey, I'm How about joining with me in the suffering? <laughs> sign me up, right? I mean, just, just think about that. Sign, sign, sign me up. I want, yeah, yeah, Paul, that's that's what I that was one of my life goals. It was on my bucket list to get thrown in jail for sharing the gospel. Anybody else got that as a goal, bucket list thing? No. 
But what Paul is doing is inviting him to join in the work. Join in the work for the gospel. Not for Paul, but join in the work for the gospel. And it doesn't matter. You just, it's not join an enemy and get in jail. That's not the end game. That's not the end goal. But what you're going to do is join in the work of sharing the gospel, of promoting the gospel, of discipling people, watching people get saved because you've shared with them, watching people grow in Christ because you've sat down and opened up the Bible with them and said, hey, listen to this, look at this, isn't this great? You know, you get excited about that. You put that passion back in them, into them. He's asking them to join in to that. Paul was in jail because he shared the gospel. Paul didn't want out. Paul wanted to share the gospel. Can we have that, that same kind of, and it's not to go to jail, okay? Can, can we have that passion to join in to the work that Paul and Timothy were part of? Then our, we're going to watch missionary videos here in, in, in a couple weeks when we get ready to do the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Do we want to join in the work that they're doing? Those boxes that you send somebody on the other end, on the other side of the world, is going to stand in front of those kids and is going to share the gospel. Do you want to join in that work? As Steve prayed, after the announcement, you guys read off all the things that were going on. And, and, and help us to find that place that we can serve. Okay, it's, it's, not what, it's not what you can do for the church. It's what you're doing for the gospel. Can we, you know, how, how are we going to do that? Heard this before, and I'll share it. I've said it before. Christianity was not meant to be a spectator sport. It's not something you go home and you watch TV and commercials with. It's something you do. It's who you are. And that's what Paul's invite is. I know you're saved. I know that the fire's gone a little low. I want you to join with me in this battle. And as he does that, because we're talking about, and the title of this is In the Face of Opposition. Timothy lived in a world like our world that isn't all about Jesus. That, their world was the same as our world. And, and so in that sense, and what Paul asks in the face of all that he's doing, because everything that we dealt, dealt with when we talk about losing the fire, stir afresh, kindle afresh. That often happens in a church. The fire's gone. The shine is gone. Um, across our, um, our convention, across the Southern Baptist Convention, across a lot of denominations, they, they like to term it as dying churches. Right? Churches that, that if something doesn't change, well, they won't be meeting, right? Because it may be because the flame has died down. So as Paul's addressing Timothy in this, he tells him to retain the standard, okay? Retain the standard is what he's asking them to do. Every one of the letters that we read, whether it's First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John, any of the letters that, that Paul writes, there's always a problem with false teachers. Okay, always a problem. Because somebody wants to put something out there that sounds quasi-religious. It sounds like it might belong in the church, but it doesn't belong in the church. And what happens is what we're doing is we're putting things out there that, that help us and it's not about the gospel anymore. It's about us. And it's about what our personal preferences are about. And then pretty soon we've, you know, here we've done. What have we done? We, here the church is supposed to be focused on the gospel, Jesus Christ on the cross, 
saving us because he died for us and all of a sudden we're over here and we're all worried about our blessings or we're all worried about something else and what we want to do is we want to write out a religion that justifies exactly the same way that we live so that we don't have to change now that we're a Christian. Being a Christian made you a new creature. Your priorities need to be changed. The way you act need to be changed. If you got saved and didn't change, something went wrong there. You're not understanding how this is supposed to work out. And so what we do is we write up religion. The false teachers come along and they write something up so that we can understand it because we'd hate for God to be smarter than us. I'm not worshiping a God that's, that's not any brighter than I am. Okay? Let's get it. Right? We dumb God down. We put, we put God in this little box so I can understand it. So I can explain everything away. Faith is about not understanding everything and just saying that's the way it is. God did it. I don't understand how all the stars got there, just that God did it. I don't understand how we got here, but God did it. Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't some crashing meteor flying through the space and all of a sudden stopped here and popped up into a, a planet with water and air. Okay, just, you know, God did it. I don't, I don't have to know all of it, but I know that he's coming back. I listened to Ed's class a little bit today. I was listening through the doorway there. I was spying on Ed. Anyway, they were talking about Jesus coming back. You know, there was a little bit of discussion about that. And it's like, I don't know how when the trumpet sounds, we're all going to hear it. That worked great when it was a flat earth thing. But it's not. But you know what? That doesn't diminish the truth that we'll all go up. I can't jump. Matter of fact, the older I get, the less high I can jump. Mostly because I'm afraid of what happens when I come back down. So, um, he's going to make me fly. How that's going to work? I don't have to check baggage. Right? Retain the standard. Understand what the gospel, what the scripture says. And if it doesn't say it, it isn't. Okay? That's how it works. Understand when people use scripture that sometimes they will use scripture out of context to support something that they want to do. Revenge is mine. This is my favorite one that I'll go with today. Revenge is mine, saith the Lord. So yeah, don't do me wrong because revenge is mine. That's not how it's meant, is it? It's out of context. So we need to understand, when we talk about retaining the standard, we have to understand what the standard is. Really, we have to understand what the standard is. We have to know what the Bible says. I want you to read it. I want you to reread this chapter. Go back through it. I want you to study 2 Timothy with me so that we can work on this together, so we can learn together. I want you to do those have you reads. Not so I can do a video on it, but so you can, I want you engaged in God's word so you understand what the standard is, so you understand what God's word says. So when you deal with the false teachings, whether it's in it, sometimes it's in a church building, many times it's outside of these walls. When you're dealing with those things, you'll know what the truth is. Okay, you'll know what the truth is. Retain the standard. What are we going to walk away with? What are we going to walk away with? Action steps. In other words, the, the gospel, God's word, 2 Timothy, wherever we're reading that, today we're in 2 Timothy, it's meant to change what we do. So I'm going to ask you again, write down your salvation experience. Not now, but I want you, because it should take you longer than that. Okay, write down your salvation experience. In other words, if you were going to share it with somebody, write it down. Mark out things. Write it again. Okay, get comfortable with what that means. We worked with missionaries back in 2008, and they were working on what they called an elevator presentation. Three minutes. When they go up to Sturgis and they share the, the gospel up there with the people that come in, they enter their name to win a motorcycle, Harley-Davidson. They enter to win that. They put their name. The only way that name card goes into the, to the big tumbler 
is that they'll take three minutes and listen to somebody share their testimony. And guess what? Those volunteers have to have their testimony down to three minutes. It can't be, we told you three and we're going to talk for 15. It's three minutes. They get to share the gospel. So write down your salvation experience. If you don't have one, then we need to talk. Okay, if you don't know Jesus, we need to talk. Because I want you, most of all, to have a salvation experience to write down. So write that down. You can share it with me if you'd like. I'd love to read it. Okay, but just write it down even for your personal use. Does it still shine? That goes back to the kindling afresh. Does it shine, the paste wax? I want you to think about how does your Christian life look? Is it, been, is it getting dull because you haven't taken care of it? Other things have become a priority. What I want you to do is ask that question, and then what are you going to do? Okay, I want you to get paste wax. I want you to, to move stuff around so the flame comes back. That, that's what needs to happen. I'm asking you the question so that you'll, be, you'll answer it honestly. And work on, work on your relationship so it becomes beaming and radiant. Okay, the, the, the fire and the flames there. Are you still practicing the basics of faith? Things like, things like reading your Bible. Are you doing that? Because you know, that's what I want you to do. That's what needs to happen. You know, that's one of, my, one of the things that I want as a pastor is to know, what, what I'd love to know is I got 99.9% I got .9 of you guys reading your Bible or reading the verse 100%, okay, daily. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not asking you to read the Bible from cover to cover in a year. What I'm asking you to do is to engage meaningfully in looking at a scripture verse. Something, that, you know, you put that Bible app on your phone, and I got it on my phone, and, and I think it'll buzz me here pretty soon and tell me what the verse of the day is. That's better than nothing. If you'll stop and read that verse and then think about what that verse says. So that's what I want you to do. Are you praying? At that, have you read is a question. I'd love to hear you guys asking one another. And the other thing is I'd love to hear you asking one another, have you prayed? Okay, have you prayed? That's one of the things. That's foundational to our relationship with Jesus Christ is communicating with him and reading about him so that we understand him better. And are you attending? Are you giving? All those things that, that start out in the very basics of our Christian life. Those are the things that I'm asking. Are you, still, are you still practicing the basics of your faith or you, have you wandered from those things? We're going to give an invitation. Why do we give an invitation? Because I want you to walk away changed. I want you to have the opportunity to walk away changed. God has been working with you today, but God has also been working with you from, from last Sunday till the time you walked in this door. And I answered the call because God worked on me on a Saturday night while I was preparing my Sunday school lesson for third and fourth grade boys. And um, God may have spoken to you this week, and I don't know about what. It might be a calling into the ministry. It also might be that you want to pray for somebody that's lost. I invite you to do those things. If God's leading you, you can come down here and pray. We'll pray with you. That's, if somebody's down here, just pray for whatever it is that they're praying for. You don't have to know. Don't come tap them on the shoulder. But if you see somebody and you want to pray with them, know that you can do that too. We still have on the front here, and we'll get those to you. We've started a while back the 30 days of prayer for the who's your one. And what that asks is there's a little bookmark. You write down the name. We'll add it to the prayer list. But you'll get a book that you can write the name down in, and you can go in from, you start with day one. You don't have to start with day 20. Or, okay, you can start day one, and you can begin to pray for that person that you know that needs Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Okay, it's that daily reminder to do so. It's got the prayers written out for you, so it makes it a little easier. It helps, uh, helps you get to read Scripture every day when you get to do that. So let's stand, and let's see what God is going to do.
to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with Father, thank you for this day that we can be gathered in your house. Thank you for these that are here, these that are online watching. Father, I pray that today they would have been refreshed. Father, through song, through worship, through your word. Father, help us to go out to be a light to the community, to our friends, our family, our neighbors. Let your love shine through. Father, just again, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So keep, continue to pray for Doug and Judy. Thank you guys for coming. We love you. Okay. Uh, we have guests in the house. Make sure they feel welcome. And here's the have you reads for today, uh, for this week. Numbers, you get to start a new book. Numbers, Isaiah, Hebrews, you finish up, and then John kind of right in the middle of that one, in the beginning part of that one. So thank you guys. And yesterday, you, you, see a, you see one of the parking spots taken up by a big old dumpster. This week, it got filled up. There was a crew here Wednesday. There was a crew here. I had help on Thursday. And then there was a, a big crew on Saturday to, to get that. That was our goal, to get it filled up. And they did a good job. So thank you guys for taking time out of your schedule to come do the work that needed to be done here. Uh, let's go out and serve Jesus and church council in the back.